Uh, okay, so um, I got nothing. And I got really, nothing. I got I really, nothing. You can't have nothing because I got nothing. No, no, you got to have something. I got nothing. Actually, you know what? Hold on. I'm going to grab. I do, Let me grab something. Hold on. Okay. I'm reading a really good book. A really good book. We can talk about if you want. Well, that's that's what you got. That is all. I, I told you I got nothing. It's more well, than you why got. Are we, why are we doing this? Because <laughs> we always say that and then, no, bam, 45 we got, minutes goes. We got nothing. Okay. Let's just see what happens. All right. Let's see what happens. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. Clean. You're off. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, before we do these podcasts every week, mm -hmm. you and I have a ritual in which, <laughs> and I'm usually the first one to say it, I got nothing. You always say that, I got nothing. Because, because we, uh, we, this may not surprise most people, but uh, we don't have anything scripted. We It's just a conversation. We uh, used to. Remember, I'd kind of send you a little Google Doc on some possible topics, things that oh, yeah. happened. Yeah, that and ended now, long ago. And now I've just, yeah, I've given up. I just I gave up. I don't yeah. even try anymore. I don't know what's wrong with Well, me. I mean, I guess we could talk about uh, gun violence in this country, but people don't want to listen to us for that. I haven't been on the news in, uh, I am now, I've listened to the Hallmark Channel for the last week. I'm off of uh, Twitter. They, they I don't have video even, too, you know, the Hallmark Channel. I don't have, I do not know what's going on. The last I heard was the monkey pox and the zebra measles were upon us. I've got the monkey pox right now. Oh, man. <laughs> Isn't that kind of horrifying? I can't really look at well, the pictures of it. I know. It's well, sort of... you, you'll know you've got the monkey pox when you uh, grab your own feces and throw it at someone. Oh, Jesus. That's a, <laughs> that a telltale sign. You've oh got. Oh my God! On Monday morning, I got up late, and there was Mr. Monkey outside me gate. On Monday morning, I got up late, there was Mr. Monkey outside me gate. Don't know what to say, the monkey won't do. Don't know what to say, the monkey won't do. Don't know what to say, the monkey won't do. Don't know what to say, the monkey won't do. And I don't even really know what it is. Maybe I have it. It's a virus. It's yet another virus. Ah, the viruses are taking over, my friend. They are. They are. This soon, uh, you know, a, a thousand, two thousand years from now, aliens will finally arrive, and that's all they'll find are viruses. Right. And cockroaches. <laughs> and, and old, dried-up feces. 
Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And they'll, they'll wonder what the heck happened here. Yeah. Uh, I, so yeah, I, you're right. You you don't got nothing, and I told you today, I I don't I got nothing. I got plenty of nothing. I got plenty of nothing, and nothing's plenty for me. I got no car, got no mule, I got no misery. You said to me, d- d- you have to have something, cause I got nothing. I go, well. This time I don't got anything. I got yeah. nothing. Yeah. Well, uh, then you know people uh, are they're waiting. I guess I don't know what people, but some people are uh, listening to this podcast right now and deciding whether to continue. And I wouldn't blame them if they turned the car around and went back home. Yeah. But uh, I think I, yeah. I guess I I want to mention um, a passing of someone that I got to meet a few times. And I'm not going to do the thing like it, they you see this on Facebook and Twitter. My yeah. good friend, a great friend, and they want to talk. They always want to put themselves into the equation. And I, I don't want to do that. I just, but I did want to mention the you, past. You can do that with me, by the way. All, when I croak, please yeah. feel free to insert yourself into the equation because nobody's going to care about me. They're going to want to know what's Pat's take on this. <laughs> Okay, before we get to, to mention, <laughs> you you just came up with an idea, and again, no, this is uh, unrehearsed. So, but um, let's okay. let's uh, in, in very short, let's let's give each other's eulogies. Oh. Uh, you're you're probably going to have to give yours for me much sooner, but but let's just well, see. Imagine. I haven't thought about what I was going to say about you because I always that's, thought that's I was. That's why gonna... I'm. That's why I want to put you on the spot because the truth will come out. Because you won't yeah. have time to edit yourself. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Do you so... want to start or shall I sure. give your yeah. eulogy? For, and I don't have anything in mind either. Okay. Okay. All right. This is. All right. I, uh, who, who's going first? You are? I, you just said I was going to go first. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Okay. okay. So, I, so I'll, be, I'll be quiet now because that's the, that's the obligation of a dead guy. Okay. Okay. Right. All right. All right. So. Uh. I am delighted that all nine of you could uh, make it today for, uh, what's his name? Did you write, what is his name? Pat? Uh, that, uh, that you guys made it here for Pat, Pat's uh, memorial, as you can see. We don't actually have him here because we don't know really exactly what happened to him. He's sort of just vaporized and it's, that's really very tragic, but you know what? That's the way Pat would have wanted it. I'm not, I don't know how I know this. Don't ask me how I know this. It's just a feeling I had about the man that that's how he wanted to go. Just vaporize. And so we don't have him here, uh, but we have this lovely little cardboard box that we will just pretend he is in and um, thank you there's uh, cookies and punch in the back what'd you think Pat that's great that, that uh, I want to keep it short because yeah it's, no I, I do I know okay um, people don't like to draw this the the, the grief out you know yeah, I, mean? I know, and we don't want so. that. There, okay, are, let's see. What, okay. what do you got for me? 
All right. Uh, I am honored to be asked to speak at this otherwise sad occasion. Uh, it's nice to see all 12,000 of you here today <laughs> uh, who responded to my Facebook posting of free hot dogs and a foot massage. If you would come to this memorial gathering for a woman that most of you never knew or even heard of. Uh, I'm told, hang on a second. The mayonnaise is in the second drawer, Bill. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, it is believed that uh, Lisa died of a spider bite, which is ironic because I never believed her fear of spiders. Nor can I believe that she died from the bite of a daddy long legs, which up until now have not been considered uh, lethal, much less bite people. But um, no, of course, uh, she would appreciate that hilarious little joke because it is a joke uh, and she would have wanted people to do jokes today and to smile and to be happy not to be sad not to think about her death but to think about her life and uh, as you know um, Lisa asked to be cremated and she was cremated and it is believed that that is how she actually died awesome okay <laughs> and really are you gonna have hot dogs and stuff in my thing? well i gotta get people there lisa i gotta yeah gotta, no you know, that was brilliant don't... i didn't do that for yours that's why we only had nine people people don't want to come and be bummed out they want they want to have some fun <laughs> exactly yeah. everybody so, will have party, all right so party favors under their seat right yeah. <laughs> a pinata yeah. and uh i'm gonna have a pinata at your memorial Good. And have me inside funny. of it. I'll have a, a so when they break it head. open, when they break <laughs> it open, my head will fall out. No, it'll be it'll be just your head. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Full of candy. That's it. <laughs> and money. <laughs> I had a birthday party, invited all my friends. We played at the beginning, but then right at the end, before we opened presents or even had some cake, my mommy whispered to me that it was time to take out the piñata. Piñata. It was time to take out the piñata. Time to take out the piñata. Okay, so who's the friend, the person you met a couple times that croaked? Well, this is, this is not a very, very nice welcome uh, mention, but um, in, in seriously, um, his name was Alan White. He was a drummer and a Hall of Fame uh, drummer for a group called Yes, and he was their drummer for ah. years and years. Lived in Seattle for a long time. I think he oh, really? passed about the age of 72, 73, something like that. But his, his uh, and he, he was just a wonderful, just a friendly guy. You felt like you knew him the minute you 
and he's the only you know he didn't he didn't go to my high school I didn't know him there because if 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 I had he'd be the only guy who spoke with a British accent in uh, my <laughs> high school but uh, he he was also the drummer for the Plastic Ono band uh, John Lennon's band and oh, play, play I drums. heard of that. Play drums on all their songs, including uh, "Imagine," probably the most famous of all the John Lennon songs. Uh, but you know, all of them. You he, know, my he... dad made glasses for John Lennon. Hmm. I'm going to insert I'm gonna, that every chance. I'm going to have to go back I and get. listen to last week's podcast to <laughs> to see where that memory is coming from. But anyway, my my greatest uh, one of my greatest memories is I used to MC this thing called Drumstick. No, we called it Woodstick. That's what it was. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, Woodstick, and it was uh, not my idea. It was a friend of mine. He was a Rotary member, and and so the idea was that we would get all these drummers uh, in one big place. And try to break the Guinness Book of World Records for con- drummers drumming all at the same time. Yeah, I remember well, you telling me this. That just sounds really cool. It was very cool. It was incredibly loud. You had to wear uh, oh, you know, I bet. earplugs. Oh, it was just so loud. But a part of it every year, and you'd have you'd have 85-year-old guys with drum kits and then sometimes little <laughs> nice. kids. And and it's all just a whole great variety of people and ages. And they all were into drumming. And so you weren't just bringing a set of, of uh, bongos with you. I mean, you had to have a drum kit. And so they were all set up in places like the Tacoma Dome. And I can't remember some of the other venues. Oh, so it wasn't all in one spot. It was one time around the globe. No, no, no. It was all in one oh. spot. Yeah. Oh, it was in one spot. Every, everybody's in this big, huge room together. God. And I think our record was somewhere over 500. We had, wow. and, <laughs> and you can imagine how loud that would be. And then up on the stage where I was the MC were assembled uh, more famous drummers. There would be guys that played drums for Heart. There would be uh, guys that played drums for a lot of different bands, all of them pretty well established. And one year, Alan White came, and he was a celebrity drummer. And so the highlight was when we played the recording of the original Imagine by John Lennon. Alan was leading the drumming, and all these hundreds of other drummers were playing along with it. It was it was really inspiring and, and deafening, too, but it was really cool. You may say. He was just a wonderful guy. He was always willing to help out in the community. 
and time finally caught up with him. But uh, Alan White, just a just a super super neat guy. Uh, I also wanted to mention I got this wonderful email from a guy named Jeff Carmen. And uh, he said he said that he moved here in the he moved to Seattle in the late 90s, and he was 10 years old at the time. He didn't have any friends. He was going to start new, a new school and all of that. And that he and his mom, as they drove into Seattle, would listen to our radio show, <laughs> which I figure must have been he must have been listening to the Como right. uh, radio show at that time. And. Uh, and and that it brought him a lot of uh, of uh, happiness and, and it was something both he and his mom could enjoy, and it was really cool. And now, of course, he's in his thirties, and he's he claims that he's going to listen to this podcast. Now he's he's going to be crushingly disappointed. I told him in my reply that that when he was ten years old, he he was exactly our target audience. That's very true. And uh, that is be- very true because, because of the, yeah, the because juvenile stuff that you guys would do, uh, you know. Well, I wouldn't hand, put it that hand, way. I would hand farts and fart bombs in the studio. Oh my god, are you kidding me? I was the lone girl or woman on the show <laughs> with yes. all you boys, and yes. there was always. It was the best part for me though, was because I it was like having a bunch of really annoying brothers. But, yeah. So, of course, it yeah. appealed to a 10-year-old boy. I was just telling somebody the other day that um, we uh, we used to have a feature on called The Pig. Yes. And, and so I was trying to describe The Pig, and and they it just wasn't getting through to them. They thought, that's, that's just tasteless. That's awful. That is so far out of what's appropriate. Uh, yeah. That you would have a guy like this, and, and so I just could not explain it to them very well. And, and well, and, and the point that, of it that was, was the whole premise of of the bit was that it was tasteless and inappropriate. Exactly. Yeah, I, but, I, I think a ten year old could figure that out. Exactly. Uh, and, and I and so we've, I found an old the pig, uh, <laughs> which we've we've played before here on this podcast, but not recently. So I do love the. I so love that bit. I here's thought it the was pig. very funny. Here's the pig, and here's why it works. Because uh, our newsman, Gary Hoffman, uh, was a very young guy then. He was probably only in his 20s. And then, yeah. and I think Bill Swartz is in here, too. He was a veteran sports guy. Yeah. And then you. And so the dynamic of your reaction to the pig and <laughs> and Gary's giggling at the same time as if, as if urging him on to be even more gross. All yeah. of that together is what I like about the pig. Here, here's, here's one of them. The, the pig is uh, going to be coming up here in just a bit. I don't know why you even put him on your show. I'm, I'm just surprised that you, you would let a man like that be a part of your... Even connected to you. I just want to... You're, you're I, so much more forward than that. And Well, I just think we want to try to be fair and let uh, all points of view be expressed on, on the radio show. I mean, there's other radio stations that are exclusively about one point of view all the time. You know, and then we try to be more embracing than that. doesn't mean we have to like 
or agree with everything we hear. I think you and Gary think his jokes, the pig's jokes, are just a little funny, a little amusing. No, not me. Maybe Gary does. I'm appalled by them myself. No, I, I do think they're a little funny. Do you? Well, yeah. I, I think he's way out of line, personally. And I, and, and I want to be clear about that. In no way do I condone anything. Well, you, when, by the putting them on says. your show, you, 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 you encourage it at the very least. You, you allow the spread of his poison to go out over Seattle and other parts well, unknown. I, I'm sorry that you think of it that way, but I, I just see it as, as allowing someone to express another point of view. And having said that, good morning oh, to you, boy. the pig. <laughs> Morning, Pat. How are you? We're good. We're good. Uh, the pig. Uh, what? What? Uh, what do you want to say this morning? What do cow pies and cowgirls have in common? <laughs> I don't know. What do uh, cow pies and cowgirls have in common? The older they get, the easier they are to pick up. All right. See that? <laughs> That's not funny. Though. We're talking to the pig this morning. I get it. What's six inches long, two inches wide, and drives women crazy? I, I... Money. <laughs> Why did the woman cross the road? And more to the point, what the hell was she doing out of the kitchen? All right. What, what, why did <laughs> the woman... Talking to the pig. That, that's a, he was just setting you up. There the wasn't even a punchline for <laughs> that. Pig, yeah. What does a woman make best for dinner? What the pig? Reservations. <laughs> you like that one, Gary? Come on, Gary. Settle down a little bit. Gary, yeah, you're just encouraging him. Let me tell you uh, what a woman says and then what she really means. Oh, okay, the pig. <laughs> like you'll know. We need means I need. Or more appropriately, I want. Mm. Do what you want means you'll pay for this later. <laughs> I heard a noise means I noticed you were almost asleep. <laughs> How much do you love me means I did something today you're not going to like. Talking to the pig this morning. Got a, uh, I've got about a minute left here, the pig. <laughs> All right. Be romantic, turn out the lights means... I think I'm putting on weight. Do I really look fat in this dress? Means we haven't had a fight in a while. What? How? I just wondered how the pig... <laughs> I'll be ready in a minute means I'll be ready in an hour. Became such an expert on women. Yes means no. And... No means no. How he... Maybe means no. Justifies <laughs> these chauvinistic remarks that are veiled, thinly veiled as jokes. I, I, it, one is he more, even listening to me? One more the 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 pig, and then we gotta go. He's the pig isn't even listening. Hey Foster, I got a question for no, you. I, what? Why did God make man first? I don't know. Because he didn't want a woman looking over his shoulder while he was doing it. Okay. <laughs> All right, the pig. We'll see you later. All right. Twenty-four minutes past eight. By the pig. You're not taking any more of the pig calls. Are By we? the pig. Please, Pat, no more of the pig. All right. But it wouldn't be nothing. Not for a couple of weeks. Nothing. <laughs>
So I'm telling yeah. you, I'm telling you that works. It would not work just by itself. It had to have you. It had to have <laughs> had a, a guy laughing at it. So there was yeah. this weird dynamic, and you were sensational. You, you you were scolding. Why do you even have him on? This is an outrage. It was great. Right. Was great. And you were great because you always said, well, you know, we need to hear both sides. We need to let all voices be heard. We need to, as much as we don't maybe like it, the man yeah. has a right to speak. It's, it's, very, a, you, it's First Amendment. You know, come on, we got to let him. Very, yeah. very funny. And I used to, I would uh, I would talk on my microphone, of course, but then I'd I'd be on the phone just holding a phone so i'd switch over to the phone when i was doing yeah it was pig. people don't realize that was not recorded it was that was you were switching voices live i i thought that was the brilliant part well of that it. that's what that was fun could... about it is that the laughter was real that way because it wasn't right. pre-recorded yeah right. <laughs> yeah very i think funny. we'll res we'll resurrect a new the pig sometime soon i think that's a good idea um yeah Anyway, yeah, there's a lot the there's a lot the pig could be spouting off about these days. Oh yeah, that oh yeah, would, yeah. It has to be a fit. pig for 2022. I'll, yeah, I'll work exactly. on that. Yes. Uh, but again, a shout out to Jeff Carmen. He said some very nice words, and uh, he apologized for waiting 20 years to say them. But but it's still very welcome. Thanks, man. That is very nice. We hope and, you enjoy at least one episode of Peculiar Podcast. I'm reading a book right now, which is remarkable in and of itself. But it's mm-hmm. uh, it's by it's by Bob Odenkirk, who is uh, you know the star of Better Call. I just ordered Soul. that book. I yeah. I just ordered it. It's on my nightstand, ready to crack it open. Is what? Yeah. What? Is it? Well, good? I'm I'm sorry you ordered it because I would have sent you this uh, a copy when I was done here. Yeah. Have you started it? 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 It's really good. He's a good. really good writer he's a comedy writer that that was how he started yes it's filled with a lot of great stuff but there's one time when he's got a chance to audition as a writer for saturday night live oh and, and tell people what the name of the book is because oh, it's I called it's called comedy it. comedy comedy drama yeah by yeah. bob odenkirk which is he's got probably one of the more surprising and interesting careers of anybody ever he did. Yeah, he's... and I didn't realize that he'd started out on SNL. I didn't. I he didn't, didn't start that. out there though. He he oh. was a he was a struggling, aren't they all struggling yeah. stand-up comedian? Um, one of his jokes was, "I was raised a Catholic, which is why I'm now an atheist." <laughs> so it was like, get that? He's kind of like, huh? You know, kind of joke. If you are, yeah. if you were raised a Catholic, you would get the joke a little better. Yeah. But but his stuff just. And and he loved the early days of Saturday Night Live, the first five years or so. But then he thought the show sucked after that. Yeah. So by season 13, he gets this chance to audition or to have an interview, at least, with, with uh, Lauren uh, Michaels, of course, mm-hmm. is the producer of, of the show. And he, he it's like he doesn't want it. He doesn't want the job. And so he he walks. He's got a chip. He said, "I got a chip on my shoulder, as big as the Ritz." I was twenty four years old, and I went in. I thought Saturday Night Live hit its high point in the planning stage, because he said I was first a Monty Python fan, 
But those first few seasons of SNL were great. And then it started to suck. I don't know if Lauren had a grand plan, but after all the ups and downs of the first decade, maybe he was consciously pursuing something more reliable and sustainable. The audience got broader, and, and it wasn't as pissed off. And, and he said, I prefer Steve Jobs' philosophy. People don't know what they want until you show it to them. And so he goes for the big job interview. And, uh, and Lauren apparently is famous for making people wait. Uh, one woman said she has the record. She had to wait in, in the, for six hours. Oh, my God. He's out there for about an hour, something like that. No, two and a half, I guess he was. And then he finally comes in, and he's reenacting it here. He's, and uh, uh, Lauren Michaels says, So uh, Robert tells me you're a very good writer. What are your favorite comedy shows? I, he goes, Wow, mostly Monty Python. Saturday, uh, SCTV was great, but this show you're running, not so much. Hmm. Well, we were thinking of hiring some new writers. What do you think about working here? I'm not interested. Definitely not. I would not. I, I, I don't want to be bummed out, but I, I, I don't want to work here. This show is soft. It's unsatisfying. It's weak. It's not very funny. It's in a death spiral. You appreciate my blunt forthrightness? I prize cold, hard truth above all. And what do you think of me? Well, you're the boss, so you must be out of touch. I find you to be distant, cold, imperious unnecessarily intimidating. Hmm. Your honesty is refreshing. It's a, it's a comfort to me. Thank you for taking the time to come to New York. It's been wonderful to meet you. Good luck, whatever happens. I think he says, good luck waiting tables. And then he says, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not a waiter yet. Currently, I'm just running the food to the table. Oh, all the best on that. And so he didn't get hired. And, but then a few months later, he did. It's a really interesting story. But his most famous sketch that he actually had written years earlier was the one with uh, Chris Farley, the uh, motivational speaker, oh, living, right. living in a van down by the river. That's Bob Odenkirk. Hey, how's everybody? Good, good, good. Now, as your father probably told you, my name is Matt Foley. And I am a motivational speaker. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old. I am divorced. And I live in a van down by the river. But his complaint about Saturday Night Live is... They get these ideas, but nobody has a chance to really get them perfect. They're, they're just, they're, they're getting them on the air too quickly. And he said the reason the motivational speaker worked is because we had it finely honed. We'd performed it a million times on stage. So we knew it worked. Uh, and he said that's why SNL works. It's under the tyranny of time. And uh, when it's 1130, it's showtime, no matter what. Yeah. Good book. Comedy, yeah. comedy, comedy, drama. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that. Yeah. I'm uh, <clears throat> reading a book that I'm afraid is going to so ruin. So am I. <laughs> Are you reading a book that you're afraid is going to ruin you? No, I, no this, this shouldn't ruin me. I'm reading a book called, this is by um, 
William Irvine called the Stoic Challenge, which uh, a philosopher's guide to becoming tougher, calmer, and more resilient. And I'm really trying to learn. Let's see, how can I put this delicately? I'm really trying to learn not to lose my shit every time something little happens. Every every time a little setback happens. And this might, you know, we get a lot of material from that stuff. And I'm worried that you're going to find me boring now that I'm going to be able to you know, bounce back from my setbacks, not, not, you know, succumb to them and, and, and break and be angry and, and lash out. So I'm just warning you that I may not have those stories for you because I'm finding Mm. this book to be very, very good for me. Very good. Applications for some other, other partners that would like (laughs) to do this show. I mean, you, you pretty much, you pretty much had to, you've had a good run here. I mean, you really have, but now it might not work, Pat. I'm reading the book. It might not work. So just don't shuffle me out the door yet. All right. I'll I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay. I I, see. I don't read books like that and I probably would benefit by it, but, uh, I, what do you mean? I'm, I'm always sort of self-help books that help you. Find your inner yeah. core and all yeah. of, discover yourself and all that stuff. I I'm just afraid I wouldn't like a, what I find. It has such a negative taste to it. It's it's more of a psychology, philosophy blend that I'm enjoying. Oh, my God. Listen to you. I'm sorry. I just have See? this bad I have this bad breathing problem right now. <laughs> you probably misinterpreted it as, as boredom. But it's not. I did. No, I thought you sounded like you were bored. Not at all. But hey, um, hey, speaking of books, though, um, and I haven't read this book, but I've, I've heard about it. And I so I went and sought out a review of it. And I thought of you immediately. What? That this might be something you could find useful in your presentations. As people may know, in your real life, yeah. you uh, you real teach life. you teach My voice. You, you yeah. go, go around. Uh, I teach cities. a little beginners, a little beginners course in the business, uh, the voiceover industry. A little beginners course, super fun. Yeah. I meet some yeah. really cool people. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Uh, but so, is your presentation pretty much set? I mean, do you do the same shtick every time when you come out? I do. I just the same bad jokes, and I always tell students who want to come back to my class and audit the class. You know just you're more than welcome to come sit in but it's gonna be the same bad jokes again because yeah you you kind of you get that down you 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 have your thing you know what works what keeps them engaged for two hours two hours is a long time to sit and listen to somebody yap yeah you're right about but, that but, but i'm I, i'm open to any suggestions what I, you I just thought this me? might be a good departure for you and it's not unrelated to what you do and it, and maybe this is part of what you do. I don't know. But this book is called This is the Voice by a guy named John Calapinto. And I'm going to send this to you if it's interesting okay. to you. But, um, uh, you know, I've got books on my shelves. I'm sure you do. I've got one called The Face. Uh, there's There are books about how the eyes work and, oh, and I the, do too. the ears and, you know, all of that stuff. I have but, one about crying, why we cry and other animals don't have tears. Yes, because Except other cro- animals don't have crocodiles. hair in their nose that they pull out. 
that's, that's, yeah, but I like those kind of books. Yeah, I do too. Those are cool. And that's why you would like this book, I think, because he just does this deep dive into the voice, the human okay. voice. Yeah. Um, so um, now I'll skip around a little bit here, but basically he's making the case that our larynx might be the most important evolutionary thing that's bestowed on us. What because exactly it requires... is the larynx? Is that a tube? Is that the tube? Yeah, that's that the, the tube going down. Yeah. Okay. And Got and, it. and so uh, lungs and vocal cords are those two pieces of equipment. And he said, for both of these items, we have the lungfish to thank. Their lungs evolved from their swim bladder, the internal pool float that helps them hold on uh, to a certain depth. So their walls mm. of the, their bladders are so thin that oxygen can pass through them into the blood. And our vocal cords evolved as a valve to keep water out of our lungs. Oh. So huh. he said, so lungfish vocalizations, and these were, you know, back in the dinosaur times, they're on a par with the sounds of air escaping the mouth of a balloon. Like this. <laughs> And the author says, I'm trying to avoid the word farts, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm afraid those were the first vocal sounds ever heard on this planet. Of course. But speech By is, a boy. Probably, probably. But speech is more than vocalization. It's a matter of having the right equipment. And what was very interesting to me is that your own vocal maturation from being this mute water breather to a babbling baby to then as an adult that can speak is sort of a microcosm mm -hmm. of the vocal evolution of our entire species. Because when you're an infant, you begin life with your larynx tucked right up into the back of your mouth. And that right. makes, that makes possible nonstop suckling because unlike adults, babies can both swallow and breathe at the same time. What? But the price, the price they pay for that is that temporarily their speech sounds are pretty limited. They don't have any mm. resonating chamber in their throat because that's not where their larynx is located. So all they can do is pretty much just say, Mama, Dada, Gaga, Goo, Unless they're screaming and then somehow they find their larynx pretty quick. As babies transition to solid food and the risk of choking increases, the larynx begins to drop to a safer and less vocally limiting position. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more. To this, I would love to read that. What is the what's the title and the? Uh, it's called "This Is the Voice." But there's stuff in here I think you could incorporate. It. Yeah. First of all, you know you could start. First of all, let's talk about the voice. How do we? How did the voice evolve in humans? Because it was very yeah. different in in caveman days, and that's right. why when you hear things, cavemen are going, oh, oh, oh. except they probably <laughs> had higher voices because they weren't very. So it was. <laughs> that, why that do you think? Why do you suppose that? Well, because you don't think it, there's cavemen with deep voices? Apparently not. Huh. He he says, um, you know, we invoiced a male voice, for example. Now, is a deeper voice, and it evolved that way because a deeper voice makes its owner seem larger and scarier, and that gives right. early human men an edge in competition. Except except for Mike Tyson. I put that heat on him, and he didn't want to continue. I was hearing all this stuff. He's a tough guy. He's not going to lay down. He's not like anybody exactly. else. He's going to come to fight. He's a good boxer. And he didn't. 
Listen, to fight me alone, I don't care what any, whatever you say about me, good or bad, you gotta have heart to even get in the ring with me. Y'all guys know what I do. Y'all know what I do. I put people in body bags when I'm right. That is, that's a weirdness. That's a weird, weirdness right there. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. voice does not match that body at all. He links this to Donald Trump's signature speaking behavior. He says, oh, for somebody like Trump, so consumed by the need to dominate and be yeah. the alpha, that he intuitively hit on the expedient of rounding and pushing out his lips to lower his pitch slightly. Oh. We have a situation where we're looking very strongly at sinks and showers and other elements of bathrooms. Then on the other end of the scale, you have people like Michael Jackson pulling their larynxes higher and reducing the size of the resonating chamber in an unconscious effort to sound forever childlike. Oh, interesting. In the past month, I've gone from, where is he, to, here he is again. <laughs> but I must confess, it feels good to be thought of as a person, not as a personality. Just a lot of interesting stuff in here. So yeah. I, I'll, I'm going to send you this book, okay? Okay, gonna, thank you. Don't, don't buy it, I'll send it to you. That's very nice of you. Beyond that, I got nothing. No, wait. I, I you got know what? Here's no. the deal. I got nothing. I have nothing. Got nothing. That's enough for me. Okay. Just one more article and talk about random. But you know who Charo is, right? Charo, I do know who she is. I feel like she will never go away. And I'm, I, I shouldn't say this. I've never been a fan. I find her somewhat annoying. You find her stupid? I, just, I, I didn't say stupid. I the said I find her girl. somewhat... Yeah, I know who she is. And she'd coochie-coochie on Johnny Carson all the time. And right. I just found her very annoying. I don't know why. I don't know. What is she? Is she a singer? Or is she an actress? What is she? She's a singer and a guitar player. And she oh. got her got her start in America on the casino circuit. It's been 50 years later now. And she yeah. remains on a club schedule still. Most yeah. nights she plays guitar. She practices until 2 or 3 in the morning. Wow. Practicing for her next live gig. And so beyond the comedy and the coochie-coochie stuff, she... Uh, no matter how hard people try to peg her as a stupid coochie coochie, as she puts it, mm. she actually, in real life and in her show, she demonstrates she is a virtuosic flamenco and classical guitarist with oh. a singular talent. She is great, and other guitarists say so. She says she was born in 1951 and that she recently celebrated her 71st birthday. But she first surfaced in America in the 60s on the arm of the Cuban band leader Xavier Cugat. So the press at that time reported a birth date as far back as 1941. So that's made her kind of the butt of a joke, like she doesn't change. But this woman, however old she is, works out all the time and practices her guitar in she is one of those people that people always underestimate and don't realize what a talent she is. 
Well, it's You're... because she's annoying. And if she would stop that, then I could get to the good stuff. So I will... She comes Why are you bringing her up? Well, you... I, because well, I read this great oh, article about article? her okay. in, in, uh, uh, in, a, in a pop magazine. But So okay. she comes out at the beginning of her show, because this is people, how they know her now. She comes out in this, you know, short, glittery dress, coochie, 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 and does all that stuff. Yeah. But then later in the show, she comes out, she does like four costume changes, and she comes out in a tuxedo and sits down and plays eye-popping guitar that people can't believe. And that's her show, and there's a certain brilliance in the way that she constructs that show. Yeah. Sounds okay. really interesting. I'm, is I, she in Vegas or is she on tour? She's on Vegas, uh, casino circuit mostly, but I, I, next time I'm in one of those places and I see her name on the marquee, I think I might go to one of those shows. And I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, I got hey. these... I got these short little quick things. Yes? Oh, well, I was going to ask you, since I got nothing, do you have a joke for today? Uh, I'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Um, here's some uh, just some random things. There was a guy named Adolf Hitler who won a local election in southwestern Africa, but insists that he does not have designs on world domination. Adolf Hitler yes. Unona won 85% of the vote in this former German colony town. And he said recently? his father recently. Oh. And he okay. said his father named him and he probably didn't understand what Adolf Hitler stood for. Oh no. It's a perfectly normal name for me when I was a kid, he says. He's 54 now. He uses his full name only on official documents and uh, avoids <laughs> telling people his name other than that. Hey, good idea. known anybody named adolf just the first name of adolf it's or not, rudolph for that matter it's not real popular so i of course last episode we talked about the discovery through dna of yeah. my my paternity my my paternal my daddy and I had a friend who we, we got together last week. She's like, you still can't get over your story. And I said, I know it's kind of crazy uh, about finding out I have brothers and sisters after all this time when I thought I was an only child. And she says to me, you've got to go watch this movie, Pat, if you haven't seen it. She says, by the way, have you seen that Netflix documentary called Our Father? No. About, about the fertility doctor who fathered, who used his own sperm to... Uh, fertilize, I guess that's not the right word, to fertilize women, impregnate them with babies. Pat, this documentary, I got to tell you, don't and don't turn it off halfway through thinking you know everything that's going to go down here. It's it's quite stunning in in so many different ways. It's it's layered. These all these siblings start finding one another, just like mm. I found my siblings on uh, Ancestry.com, or I think it was 23andMe, they started finding all these siblings. And it is quite a fascinating, remarkable, a little creepy story. But I'm telling you, it is definitely a 
a very entertaining watch. So if you haven't okay. seen it, Our Father documentary on Netflix. Growing up, I felt different. I was 35 and I take a DNA test. When I opened up Ancestry, I had over 3,000 hints. All of these random names were popping up and it said close family. We all matched the name Klein. Dr. Klein was the best infertility doctor in Indianapolis. Right then, I knew Klein was our biological father. So that's when strange things started happening. Oh, God, there's a lot of good stuff on it. There's too much good stuff on right now. I know. There's, there's a, a lot of good stuff. wonderful George Carlin special. I think it was on yes. HBO. Judge uh, Apatow uh, directed yeah. that one. That's, that's really, really good. Really, really good. And um, and then they've the, the final, what I guess would essentially be the final comedy musings of Norm MacDonald are out on Netflix oh. now, too. Really? Oh, good. I'll check that out. It's not a real concert. He does it at home. There's no audience reaction, which re kind of hurts his act, arguably. But mm. um, but he's it's just him. But and he knew he knew, had to know he was dying at the time, so it's like mm. his last little gift to people. And then after the thing, and I haven't seen it yet, but and then afterwards, apparently, they have like guys like Dave Chappelle and David Letterman and. Um, other uh, four other comics they all talk about norm and uh, it'd be worth watching just for that yeah That's i'll watch terrific. that okay do you have a I, joke because i have to go to the bathroom oh <laughs> hang on we wrap gonna, this up because I, I think I i'm gonna to have to change my plans here hang on why well because let me see this book has an index maybe there's a bathroom joke in here <laughs> Let me see. Hang on a second. I can't turn Is the page. Is that what you say anymore? I have a friend who says, don't say go to the bathroom. Say, I've, I've, I'm going to go use the restroom. Even if you're in in in, a, in someone's house. And I'm like, pe there's you don't have a restroom in a house. You have a mm -hmm. bathroom in mm -hmm. a house. You have restrooms in public places and buildings and restaurants. What? How do you refer to it? The loo? Little boy's room? Well, powder room? Bathroom? What do you say? Uh. It rhymes with quitter. Um, I can't find any bathroom jokes. That's... Can't find any bathroom jokes, but I'm sorry. So classy. Here's what, here's what, here, I'm going to do something a little different. You've been yeah. on dates before. You're probably going to be on more of them. And I, hang on I now. I don't need to ask because it hasn't been, not lately. Okay. Well, but you're going, it's going to happen again. And here are, like, uh -huh. if you go to a, bar or something like that and someone okay, tries to yeah. pick you up yeah which i do all the time here are some smart rejections okay you might want to <laughs> write some Wait, of these down hold on why yes. would i want to reject them if it's been a while well it's just maybe so, you don't like to look to somebody you don't like their attitude oh okay uh, you know that's true you, I mean, you, you can't tell me you never rejected somebody well i did back then but now i'm not so sure i'd be that quick to do that but yeah, okay. go ahead, just in case I need them. Okay, just they? in case. And I've got, uh, you know, I, I'll just stop at some point here, okay? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> hey, hey, beautiful, what are you doing tonight? Sorry, I don't date outside my species. Hey, gorgeous, where you been all my life? Well, for most of it, I wasn't born. Oh, no. 
See, because the guy's so old. Okay. Is this seat empty? Yes, and this one will be too if you sit down. Oh, how? Want to go back to my place? I don't know. Will two people fit under a rock? If I could see you naked, I'd die happy. If I could see you naked, I'd die laughing. <laughs> okay, we'll quit there. That's a good one. I'll use that one. I got plenty of nothing, and nothing's plenty for me. I got no car, I got no mule, I got no misery. The folks with plenty of plenty got a lock on the door. Fred, somebody is going to rub and while they's out and making more. long as I well never want to strive to be good to be bad what the hell I is glad I survive <laughs> oh I get plenty of nothing and nothing's plenty for me I got my gale I got my song got heaven the whole day long got my gale Got my love, got my game, got my love, got my soul. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at peculiarpodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Bye.